Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nerd Nest. We've got the full crew back for, God, I don't even know how long it's been since we've had everybody back. So uh, welcome back. Uh, we just got done talking about the games that we've been playing. So if you're a patron, then you can uh, check out that uh, episode or that bonus content uh, over at uh, the link down below or in the description. But uh, everybody, let's let's just jump right in and talk about the the big news. Uh, uh, we all have had there are Steam decks. I'm sorry, except for Kyle, who's who got robbed here uh, because that man deserves to yeah, get this uh, is the early biggest snub of to the year. Things. Yeah. Yes, For, forget the game awards. This <laughs> is the biggest snub of the year. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Kyle, you get to ask us all the questions you want. Really, um, we've all, we've all had uh, the Steam Deck OLED for a week at this point. Actually, more than a week at this point. And I just wanted to. We kind of did this with the Legion Go, where we went and, and talked about like each different aspect of of that and how we felt about it as far as you know the different upgrades and i wanted to do that again for the steam deck uh oled version so uh russ i'm gonna start with you today man um yeah the steam deck oled like obviously the screen is a thousand times better than it was before uh you get hands-on with a lot of different devices have you seen any devices that come close to this thing? Because I only have a, I, I have a few. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's weird. I, uh, I, I don't think I'm over the moon over the screen itself. Like, I think it's great. I, I have a hard time remembering that it's OLED. Like often really? like, it's something that I have to remind myself, oh yeah, this thing is OLED, you know? And I, I think the etched glass is part of that. That's why I ordered the glossy 512 gigabyte one for myself to do a comparison with. That'll probably arrive this week. And so I haven't been over the moon about the screen itself. Just uh, it's good. And it is definitely like up there with any other screen I've ever used. But man, I don't know. Legion Go screen is just as good to me, you know, in terms of just like how everything looks and it's nice and sharp and it just feels really good. It's weird with the Steam Deck for me is that I've I'm out of the honeymoon phase. And so now I uh, I have to keep reminding myself that this is better than it used to be. Like it's now become the new normal for me. And so I've lost some of that magical wonder. And so it's been really weird. Like I love it and it's amazing, but it's just become the norm for me now, which is, which is kind of weird for me. That's very, <laughs> I didn't expect that. So I clearly <laughs> love this thing. The screen I think is amazing. Russ is on the other end of the spectrum saying, ah, it's not that great, Bill. Carrie, <laughs> what do you think in the middle? You guys, you, you also have a lot of devices. Um, I, I absolutely love the display on the Steam Deck OLED. Uh, I would agree with Russ insofar as that the Lenovo Legion Go, uh, and there's like some other displays like, you know, like iNeo 2 when that first came out. I was going to say iNeo 2, yeah. Yeah. When it, when you, when we first saw that screen, it's just, um, punchy. The amount of punch that it has, like the, the vibrancy of it is, um, not subtle. And the Steam Deck OLED is on the subtler side. And like you're saying, it could very well be the etched glass that's on there. For for me, I would only really... I mean, I get that people want, like, the purest OLED and they don't want any obstruction. Uh, I would still, myself, probably recommend etched glass just for, like, the other reasons, right? Like, anti-glare is great, but the fingerprint resistance is really huge to me. That seems like such a small thing, but... It's something that bothers the hell out of me when I have a smudgy screen and then I mm -hmm. have to like, you know, get a, a 
thing to wipe it down and it's um it's annoying and i know you bring that up in your videos russ when you're when you just have fingerprints on the backs of devices like i'm like oh yeah, drives like, me nuts yeah it's like i'm not even looking there <laughs> when i'm looking at a screen it drives me bonkers like i can't i can't stand it um uh you know what what i put on all my my lights and stuff when i'm when i'm recording and i have this um apparatus that blocks light so it looks like i'm a vampire when i'm recording these devices so you can't see me um but because I can't really see anything, I'm looking through a viewfinder at all times. After the recording's done, I see like all these dust particles on it. I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is driving me nuts. I, I want to like scrap everything, but I can't because it's like yeah. a bunch of recording. Um, so I just wind up keeping it. But yeah, that's the type of like in that way, I get kind of crazy about it. I think that the OLED is, is subtle. Uh, going to the higher uh, frequency that it goes up to 90 hertz is like oddly just enough for the device so that they could do uh doubling of it so if you do 40 fps it'll do 80 hertz and that is meaningful um so there's just like lots of little things that i really love about about the oled but um it's odd that they went mippy on it um but i guess they wanted to keep it the same and it's odd that they went i mean uh, odd they kept everything the same right so his portrait rotation is going to be the same so they don't have to worry about two different code bases and wondering which one is which um so I guess it's easier for them in, in that way, but I don't know. I love it. I, I love the OLED. Yeah. I'm, you uh, know, Russ, question. you bring up the, um, uh, just, just one second, Kyle, uh, you yeah. bring up the Legion go and like, I just turned them both on and, ugh, and put them next to each other. And then I just opened up the stupid menu on here. Um, <laughs> I, why, I had why them... you bring it back up. I was going to say, like, I, I noticed the difference very clearly when I, not the Legion Go, but the uh, Steam Deck LCD, Steam Deck OLED, when I put mm. them right next to each other. But if I don't have them next to each other, it's not something that I'm thinking about personally. Absolutely. Yeah. That's something that I often will say because people will talk about resolution and stuff like that. And I'll be like, well, mm -hmm. you know, the resolution, it doesn't matter that much that this is X and this is Y because you're not looking at them at the same time. And that's a really good point, Rich. But when you look at these, these two, yeah. like you can definitely see those deeper blacks. Uh, of course, I I don't know if we're seeing the same color scheme because Valve updated the color scheme as well. But like but you can see the backlight on banner. Yeah, image. you yeah you can see yeah. the 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 backlight obviously on the Legion Go, um, and you can't see obviously you can't see it at all on the on the think... Steam Deck. Do you think they Valve under, like almost undersold the display by not having it default to native? When you go to adjust display colors, it's set to sRGB. It's not set That's to native. Actually, that was actually my question: is do we think that the problem is that Windows is automatically just going to native, and Valve tuned it to be more similar to the original Steam Deck by putting it to sRGB? Yeah, like if they you actually crank that vibrancy slider up, does it look even significantly better than it does by default? I think it does. Um, I, I don't. I still don't know. Like with with um, a Steam Deck LCD set to boosted versus a Steam Deck OLED set to native, like what is the difference? Um, but that was one of the things that I had to think about when I was like showing these off like do i sh show them both off as boosted versus native or just both srgb so i just did whatever they did was a default which was weird for the color temperature because the color temperature is a little different actually between yeah. the two um, yeah. but i just said whatever they said is default i'm going with that because that is the sort of intended experience right 
but I do, I do think they, when we're talking about like that punchiness, they almost sold it short. You could say for the like common consumer in that regard, I think. Uh, as a quick note, they uh, I did also adjust like to leave the... everything. Uh, sorry, they did adjust the um, color temperature on the L uh, the Steam Deck LCD with 3.5.5, mm -hmm. so that oh. should match up more closely to the OLED now. Good. Yeah, catch. I definitely want to test it again. Like once I get my glossy one, I'm going to do a test of all three again and just kind of see how it feels. It's funny though, you know. It's like I think about it like going to Costco, where you walk in and there's all those TVs, and you're like, "Oh, that one definitely looks better." Oh, that's it's usually like the Samsung or whatever. And you go, like, "Oh, that one looks so much better. It's only a thousand dollars more or whatever." But when it comes down to it, you get any of those in your house, it's going to look amazing. You know, it's just one of those like the best buy experience kind of thing. And that's that's always what I do in my own videos. But it's like when I'm actually playing, it's like, oh, that's great. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I will say, too. Uh, so I, I also like I've just been saying, right, like the OLED doesn't it's not a huge factor for me. But that 90 hertz is a big deal, like Carrie was mm -hmm, mentioning. Yeah. Um, and the battery life. Uh, so you guys know I play a lot of indie games. And so the percentage is huge, right? Like the 50%, yeah, but that percentage is not necessarily as big of a deal. If you're playing cyberpunk, like it goes a long way when you're talking about one and a half to two hours, but it's not nearly as big of a difference when you're talking about right. four hours to six hours. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, Gary. Uh, yes. I think I, I said this in my review. I think at least I think I said it. It's a, uh, if you view it through a certain angle, I actually said that on Twitter. And people got mad at me about saying it. I was like, you know, if you take a look at the Switch OLED, um, it, even though the performance isn't generational, the battery increase is a generational increase. And everyone's like, no one cares. And I'm like, no, I think everyone cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't, don't say no one cares. But when yeah. you go, you know, when you go from like 85 minutes as a worst case battery life to two hours and 50 minutes, that is a significant increase um, of battery life as, as a worst case scenario. And then when you go for like a best case scenario, when you're going for like seven hours, 45 minutes to like 11 hours. That is also a, you know, if you look at it from a percentage point of view, it's similar, but it's still substantial. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people consider 60 to 70% to be like a true generational thing, but getting 40 to 50% increase on battery life is um, substantial. So that's a, I think it's, you know, viewed through that lens, it, it could almost, you could almost see that Valve almost looked at the Nintendo Switch as the, the playbook. Um, mm. and this, it feels the Steam that Deck way. OLED is the switch OLED of the Steam Deck. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the... a, a lot, I saw a lot of people who were skeptical about the, cause valve, cause they, they increased the battery capacity by 25%, but then they increased the, um, like your, the percent of your battery, not by capacity, but by how long you get to use it. And valve said 30 to 50%. People were like, that doesn't math. Uh, and that's because people didn't understand things like the lower latency RAM allows the CPU to wind down faster. The the OLED uses way less uh, energy in order to, you know, stay on. Um, and then you put in that 50 watt hour battery, which is bigger than the, the battery that's in my Legion Go. Like, that's this is the this right. is the biggest battery outside of I think like the Ion Neo Cune. I think this is the biggest battery and it's in the Steam Deck. That's crazy to me. Yeah. What yeah. were you saying, How, Kyle? What were you gonna say? Um I was just gonna ask if anyone tested uh sleep uh battery life 
because no. uh, if people can just sleep it and it lasts 25, 40% longer, that might be huge because I don't like to shut mine off every single time. Yeah, I, I would say I haven't shut mine off much at all. I just put in sleep and it's weird. It's not a daily charging device for me at this point. That's yeah. a big deal. You know, like I'm yeah, not having to go to bed and be like, oh, did I charge my Steam Deck? Like, it's okay. There'll be enough on there. Like I went from getting about six hours of battery life on Celeste, which is amazing, to yeah. like 10 and a half hours of battery life. It's crazy. Yeah, that's so 12, insane. 12 that's hours awesome. with Sega Genesis. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then to the point of like whether or not. So, yeah, we're past the honeymoon phase, but like whether or not a lot of people have been asking me whether or not this is the daily driver. Right. So, like I mentioned, the Lenovo Legion Go is my new daily driver. And this season is insane. Right. So it's Lenovo Legion Go, oh Steam God. Deck OLED, PlayStation Portal. So it's just insane. So it's hard to say where i'm at in this in this uh this scenario um i still really like the Lenovo legion go i like fps mode i'm just someone that likes those style of games so i don't know where i'm gonna land yet um but this definitely gave the steam deck kind of it gave it a new life for me at least hmm. i i think that the steam deck it, it's like it it was always my daily driver i i I thought that I, I still think the the Legion Go is fantastic. And in my opinion, and I know Russ and Carrie disagree with me, but in my opinion, if you're getting a Windows one, this is the one to get the Legion Go. I think the Legion Go is fantastic. And because of the big, the big screen, it makes it so much easier just to interact with Windows. And you don't actually need the extra software in order to get around Windows idiosyncrasies. Um, if you're not, married to windows i the steam deck is an easy win for me i think it's it's just ridiculously good it went from ridiculously good with a crappy screen to even way way better with the best screen and now the best battery life too which is it's just a really crazy leap um that they that they ended up uh making um look Anybody have anything to to add in there before we move uh, on from the screen? Uh, so re regarding the screen, the only thing that I wanted to add, and this is not a thought that I had my own. Uh, I stole it, but I wanted to give the credit where it's due. Uh, this is Joshi, uh, who actually works on Gamescope. Um, but he was, we was having a conversation with him, and he he said something that I didn't really, um, at, at least initially. Uh, think to myself is that the Steam Deck OLED is now a low-cost portable uh, a, a HDR testbed for a lot of game dev studios to uh, <laughs> standardize against HDR on now. So, like, it, because they're doing so many things to fix HDR, and um, especially if you listen to his talk that he had on the X X11 conference or whatever, um, there's just a lot of things that games do wrong where they're doing Rec 709, uh, and like it'll because you use like negative numbers and stuff. So they're like all calibrating against all these different color spaces and they try to do rec 2020 um and convert to there so it's steam deck oled is now going to be this kind of uniform way to do hdr and hdr is kind of a little bit of a mess on and on some games um still uh, i think ori ori is kind of odd in how it does hdr um yeah. com as opposed to like some other stuff so th anyway that's just an interesting thing that i think that is a bonus for everyone even if they don't get a steam deck oled yeah, the HDR, um, that's the thing I, like, whenever I bring up this stupid white box, and it's like, match the logo, and then the black box, and it's make the logo so you can't really see it, I always feel like, am I doing this right? 
Because then when I'm done, I look at it, and I'm like, that doesn't look the way that I want it to look. And then I just go in and turn HDR off. And this isn't just on the Steam Deck. It's, you know, it's on my TVs and stuff, too. Um, I, I I feel like sometimes I'm like, I turn on the HDR, and I'm like, did anything change? I can't tell. And then other times I turn on HDR, and I'm like, well, now the menus look all washed out and nasty. So I'm going to turn it back off so that it looks, you know, darker the way that I want it to. Um, I, I do. Go uh, ahead. I do HDR, but scary. Uh, if I'm playing a scary game, I don't look for that logo. I'm like, no, no, no. I need to be able to see that logo <laughs> at all times. <laughs> I'm not gonna get jump scared out of nowhere just so you guys can like make it more effective on me. No, no, no. Thank you. <laughs> I want to be able to see everything, please. <laughs> Rich, are you a HDR guy? Do you do you know much about it? Because I I always feel like I'm out of my element when it comes to that stuff. No, I'd say I'm closer to you. I mean, I, I turned it on for a couple of games. Like, this was before the OLED. Like, I played Halo Infinite with HDR on. I really like that. But it's not something I, I sort of am looking for specifically. Um, the last thing I want to mention, and I did bring this up in my review as well, is that it's hard for me to uh, get um, uh, accurate readings on this because I can only use games to do it. And I, I was like looking into like making my own demo to like show off HDR. Um, but I didn't get very far with that is um, HDR when you're doing full brightness will actually chew more power than the LCD will at full brightness when you're doing like HDR 1000, uh, 1000 it, which should be HDR 1000 is its own spec, right? I don't think valve actually says this out loud that it is that spec, but if they're saying 1000 nits and they're trying to do everything else, I just like assumed that was the case. In any event, um, I was able to, in The Last of Us, uh, when I did my demo where everything's like all dark, it's like 0.2 watt more at maximum brightness. Hmm. So even though there's like a lot of blackness where we're not going to be emitting any light on the OLED, so we're going to be saving power on that end, but looking at like a spotlight, you know, the sun gazing in. Um, but I also like that because you also can see all the, you have to like really pause the screen when I'm on my video to like really capture all of the color differences. Um, but then in, in Ratchet and Clank, I was able to just use an extra watt of power uh, by going to that maximum brightness. So there is a cost uh, if you are going max brightness on HR games and it's just like like a bunch of stuff going on. So there is that as well. I will say that it's much better than what I initially was uh, kind of worried about because, um, you know, those portable uh, portable panels that we've all tested uh, like 13 inch mm -hmm. monitors, they have HDR stuff yeah. and the LCD ones. I tested that. I had to like work around it to like force it to do it. But when you had that max panel up, it went, the panel went from using like three Watts to like 12 Watts. And I was like, that's a four X increase. That's, that's wow. insane. So yeah. I was like, well, we can't have LCD HDR and we're only going to be have you know, OLED HDR. Uh, so I'm just glad that it exists because now it's in a space that yes, it does use a little bit more power in some certain situations, but overall it's probably negligible, especially when you're moving around and there's just going to be variance in, in luminance uh, from each per, you know pixel. So I think that that's also good. Like we got like definitive proof that whatever you can just also go to mid brightness and who cares? It's like, it's, mm. it's, I always just whatever. set mine to, automatically adjust the brightness based on the room that I'm in. And I don't really have to think about brightness ever. Um, although I, 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 I did like in Rich's video when he like turned off the lights and cranked the brightness all the way down. I'm like, I've never played like that, but I know that there's a lot of people like... that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. 
I was going to say, I never play like that either. But yeah, exactly that. There are so many people who that is very important to, rightfully so. Uh, but I just, I guess my eyes aren't strong enough to see that yeah. there, <laughs> I would say. So, yeah. I love that webcomic strip where uh, it's like the dude playing on the Switch and it's just a bright screen and then it's a loading pl- uh, screen. So it's all black and he just sees his mirror reflection of him like like his double <laughs> chin. <laughs> and that's just a two strip comic panel. <laughs> My wife and I call that goblin mode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the controls. Uh, D-pad, pretty much the same. Face buttons, pretty much the same outside of the color accents. Um the um the the thumbsticks i didn't really have any complaints about the the steam deck thumbsticks but these are so much better yeah Russ, uh, I, no, go ahead carrie yeah sorry i'll just get into i um i was playing doom eternal between both of them and for whatever reason maybe it's the panel itself uh and just latency reasons but like i was feeling it like it took me like five minutes but then i was actually like really getting into it like the Steam Deck's controls are now like top tier to me. Like with the improved latency of everything, I was able to, I wasn't strafing into my shots anymore. I was, I was actually aiming with the analog sticks like I would normally do for like other things, um, mm. like on like an Xbox controller. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it does seem percept, it could just be the latency improvements on the screen itself. Um, but overall, yeah, it's, it's, it's better. Yeah. That that is a big factor, the latency. So like I was testing out just trackpad and especially like again, this first person shooter, so especially trackpad as joystick, just the increased polling rate means hmm. that it will actually move it faster without you changing the sensitivity, just the way it's interpreting that uh translating from trackpad movement to joystick movement, there's more that it could put in there. Um so it was moving better and more accurately. Yeah, Digital Foundry put out a video today. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, it was like four hours ago that they put it out, and it was uh, they hooked up one of those. L. I don't remember what it's called. It's like a thing oh, that you stick to the NVIDIA's, screen, and you, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you, you click the button on a, on the mouse, and then it takes it like it watches for the the muzzle flash, and going from the the OLED Steam Deck, um, beat the LCD Steam Deck. At the same refresh rate on every single test. But then it was even crazier. Um, they were getting really like they they were getting such different answers that they reached out to Valve and Valve was like, here, try this firmware on the LCD deck. And so they tried the firmware on the LCD deck and they got way improved numbers on the LCD deck too. So if you haven't upgraded your steam deck or if you're not, or, or if you have the LCD deck, you are about to with new firmware that's coming, get even better latency from the time that you push a button until you actually see, you know, from that uh, click to uh, photon or whatever it is that they say that's going to be happening uh, very soon to all of the decks, but the OLED still beat everything out uh, uh, over the LCD. Um, that's awesome. Uh, I just Russ. love the fact that Valve is even doing this stuff. They're continuing to just update this stuff. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not seeing that from Maya Neal, you know, <laughs> they're just like, Hey, here's IS space and it's the best it'll ever be, you know? <laughs> so I do really appreciate that. Agreed. It seems yeah. like every time a new handheld comes out and we make videos about it, I, in, it, 
inevitably the, in the comment section, people are always, that's the thing that they always say, Russ is yeah, but valve's going to keep supporting the steam deck and the, this company is going to drop this thing. Like it's a, like it's on fire and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. What were you about to say, Kyle? Or was it rich? Uh, I heard somebody. I I mean I can say I, something if you want me to. <laughs> go nuts, man! Yeah, we haven't heard it. from you in so long. I was just gonna say that. Um, I mean, even since I got my Steam Deck in uh, like September 2022, the performance has has gone up significantly across the board and like every respect of the device. And that's just for like one of the earlier editions too. So with all their newer revisions and now the OLED as well, uh, the, you know you're going to have years of performance ahead. Like, you don't have to worry about them just dropping it. Mm. Yeah. There, there might be, there's like volume spiking up behind me that might be getting picked up. I apologize if that's the case. <laughs> no big deal, Carrie. Uh, we were hearing like some dramatic music after yes. Kyle made his point. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's just it's just flavor music. I just just trying to be a DJ here, just trying to back him up. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, anything else from the OLED deck that you guys want to cover before we move on to more news, you, Carrie? You know, just, uh, just to go along with what Kyle was saying and, and what you everyone's saying, right? Is um, what's his name? Adam. Uh, I forget his last name, but uh, from PC World. Tested. Uh, he, no. Uh, no. Um, is from PC World. He has the the uh, the podcast that he does every now and again. Uh, I forget his last name. In any event, I apologize for forgetting his last name. He asked me. He said, uh, "Steam Deck is it like is a console or a PC?" And I said, "Console." And he got upset at me. And I don't know if he got upset at me. Like if I was saying, "Is console or PC better?" PC is definitely better. Like I'm the, I'm definitely going to always be in that camp. I've always been in that camp. But I I you know it's kind of like the thing where like. Even like Linux users, uh, I think when you take a look at them, uh, I would personally prefer myself if Valve was just the de facto people that eventually became the actual Linux desktop. And I think a lot of Linux hardcore people are just like at their core opposed to that. They just that mm -hmm. is not something that Linux should be. It should be like I should be able to do whatever I want. And there's a lot of things right. that Valve is doing that they don't necessarily agree with. But um. I feel like there is this guided hand that needed that's needed to be done there. But more to the, the point is like Valve has done everything that they can to make a PC gaming handheld as console like as possible. And that's where <laughs> it really is like when we're all talking about it, it's like, oh yeah, just put it on standby and just, you know, just put it to sleep. And when you think about that for like PC gaming handles, it's like, well, you know, is it really gonna go to sleep? Is it using modern standby? Or is it using S3? And it's like you know, all these things that you have to like think about. Um, that most people aren't going to be thinking about because they're going to treat it like a switch. And when they, you know, close the lid and it turns out they put it in the backpack and it just decided to spin up and do a bunch of updates for, you know, cause it could. And it's like, why is my, the inside of my backpack so toasty? I don't, why is it so hot in here? <laughs> um, like those types of things I feel like is like the, the lens that valve is putting on this to accommodate everyone. And we think about all the things, even for older deck, the improvements that are coming, those are the things where it just becomes very, very easy. Um, but it is also, while it's still a PC gaming handheld, it still is console-like in its nature. And uh, I just, I feel like that always has to be addressed, even though that gets people sometimes upset. It's been, yeah. it's been a holy war, right? Like I did a video that was basically entirely making the argument that it is a console. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of um, yeah. uh, fighting in the comments, let's yeah, say. Like, 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, we get it. It's a PC. You can do Linuxy things, but like, just follow Correct. me here. Like, like <laughs> Correct. We're, yeah. we're not we're not arguing here. Just, just yeah. <laughs> we're all in the yeah. same boat here. <laughs> yeah, and I think I, mean, I think to a degree, you know, it is. Go ahead, Kyle. Go for it. Uh, I was just going to say the only or what I always say is that it's a console by default and an opt-in PC. You yep. you're like, yeah, if, if you yep. don't want it, you don't need it, but you have the ability to. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the it. Xbox is kind of a computer, too. You just yeah. don't ever see the computer yeah. part of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. With yeah. the developer mode, yeah. I'm just getting all the other goodness on there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say to a degree, it's, it's a it's a philosophical discussion to to some like degree of this, right? So it's like the comparison that I drew is is a hot dog a sandwich. <laughs> you, you, you could answer that either way, but it probably tells a lot about you to as long some as you don't degree. Put ketchup on it, that's all. Right? <laughs> that's funny. Like you look at all of these other Windows handhelds. And they're absolutely PCs. Like, nobody's asking that question. The only difference between this, like, I, there's lots of differences between all of them, but the only difference between these is the operating system. And the operating system can mostly be ignored. And you can't ignore the operating system on the other systems. I always hear people, when they're talking about, you know, the Steam Deck or the ROG Ally or the Legion Go or any of the GPD whatevers or any of the Aya Neo whatevers or any of the other weirdo things that are out there because there's a lot of weird ones, right? And that's good that there's a lot of weird ones. They are they always look at the Steam Deck and they're like, yeah, but desktop mode is Linux and I don't like Linux. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to go to desktop mode. On all the other devices, you have to use desktop mode they, there is no non-desktop mode so yeah to me it's absolutely a con i love kyle's uh can you say it again kyle what was it what my console by default my... opt-in pc yeah yeah i can't hear him oh there he is okay we've lost him are you there kyle no what me Oh, yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, Carrie said it, so I just uh, I was just gonna lay oh, off. Oh, okay. Uh, but I said uh, console by default, but opt-in PC. Opt-in PC, and I think that's the yeah. a great way to describe this thing. Um, I didn't really notice any big difference in the fans. Um, I never really had a problem with the fans before, but a lot of people did. Did you guys notice huge differences with the fans that? You know, I couldn't really test because I don't have the I don't have the the default back on my uh, my LCD version either. You want you want to talk about something that people get really upset with is um you know you look at the gamers Nexus way of doing it like they have an Anokio chamber and they'll tell <laughs> yeah. you like the texture of the noise and the frequency and stuff and it's like that's a bunch of stuff that ultimately every time that I've tried to define sound no one gave a crap it was just a binary answer can you hear the fan yes or no. And that's how it always gets distilled to me because it's like whenever they're playing, they're in a couch, right? Or they're doing something. And if the fan is, a fan is audible two feet away to the person that is not playing the, a game, because for me, it's white noise. I just tune it out. Like it doesn't exist right. anymore. But if it's bothering someone that's two feet away that gets bothered by any type of noise, it doesn't matter what flavor or texture the noise is. If they hear it, they hear it. And what they're really asking is, is the fan as loud as the switch? And it's like, you know, that's a hard target. <laughs> that's a oh, hard I, was gonna, target. I thought you were going the other way. I thought you were saying no. the Switch had a loud fan. I was like, are you crazy? No. The Switch <laughs> is inaudible at all times. Yeah. 
And I, you know, that that's the, that's like the tier, right? And for me, that's the type of thing where ever, whenever I'm talking about fan noise, I feel like people always get upset at me. They're like, you should really do a better job. And I'm like, I, I don't think I really need to. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> As you like, should make your own channel listen yeah. listen if someone thinks that the fox has to be more detailed in his reviews <laughs> that is insane yeah it's just it's if i'm yeah if i'm taking the time to yes yeah, what's more the point of like uh, it's uh, i'm probably not the best person for it. like when you talk about like color and stuff if it's like way off i'll i'll say something but if it's like kind of in the same realm i'm just like yeah all right whatever and if it's like, you know, sound is like, okay, is the speakers getting massively distorted? No. Okay. Well, it's like, okay, well, whatever the sound stage is, and as long as it's presentable, loud enough, and it's clear, that's fine for me. I, I don't get into the whole weeds of the thing of like, for those things, because it, the, the like good enough is great enough for me. And um, yeah. if it's fan noise, it's either on or off. And I can tune it out if it's on. And I know not everyone can do that. So I just try to like make a mention of it. Um, but it also, it often gets like lost in the weeds because I spent so much time talking about everything else. And it's like, it's just like, yeah, you talk about fan. It's like, no, I did. I just said, I could hear it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's audible. <laughs> yeah. Onto the next thing. It's an interesting thing for me because, uh, there's two, two things for it. For me, it's a matter of whether or not I, the volume, like you're mentioning the sound stage, like over compensates for the fan noise. Once you get to that point, like do, how loud do I have to make it so that I don't hear the fan anymore? Right. And so I try to test that sometimes, but to be honest, I like it when a machine sounds like a machine. Like, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's really going now. It's like, it's huh. so cool that I have this thing in my hands. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the novelty of it. And so I'm not bothered in any way by a machine sounding like it has a fan on it. And so I, I try not to put any judgments in my videos when it comes to fan noise and just say, Hey, here's the fan noise. And then let everyone else like make a whatever decision they want to about it. I think it's great. I think it is definitely quieter than the LCD one. And it's got more of like a, I don't know, like a musky kind of sound to it, as opposed to <laughs> of the kind it's of more manly that you get from the yeah. other ones. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, almost, I was about to say manly. And I was like, that's not, <laughs> just, it's a masculine picture sound. Picture the yeah. marble man <laughs> as your fan. Right. It's got more like a whoosh, like a good solid yeah. manly whoosh to yeah. it, you know. Steam Deck so leaning up a... against a fence post. <laughs> go ahead, yeah. go ahead, Rich. So I actually have a funny aside, and I this is with all love to whoever wrote this over on the Lenovo Legion Go forums. I think it was a Lenovo employee. Um, they were discussing like the how you can tell if you have a problem with your sound. Um, and he said, if you hear a ha sound, H-A-A-A -A -A, in all caps, you're good. No problems. If you hear a re sound, R E E E, all caps, then you have a problem. And I just love that way of describing it. <laughs> it's just it's a high pitch frequency, right? It's just a frequency. Yeah. 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 So it's either you have Marble Man or just like an angry nerd. Just those are your two fan noises. Like. <laughs> Correct. Yes. And a lot of a lot of people gave the Legion Go. They said it had awful sound. I didn't. I mean, I don't like that the speakers are on the top, but I don't think it sounds terrible. It's yeah, not terrible. <laughs> it's just it's just when you compare it to the Steam Deck and the ROG Ally, which are just so good. Like they are, mm -hmm. those two are just leagues above everything else. So that's I, that's the difficulty, I think. I think yeah, I think that's something that I've always talked about is placement of the speakers. I've been always a bigger fan of front facing uh, speakers as opposed to downward firing or upward firing, just because mm -hmm. of where it's being projected. It can just feel 
off a bit. Whereas with like, you know, front facing has yeah. always been uh, just, you know, coming at you. So it's just better. Um, that yeah, was, so. that was actually something else that people kind of got on me about is that I left the microphone kind of in the same place when I did my audio test. Um, and you know, you can do it either way, right? Like you can either put the audio where the speaker is or this, the microphone where the speaker is or put the microphone, just choose where you want to put it. For me, I put it where I think my face is going to be, right? So that's right. how I'm going to experience this this uh, soundstage. So that that just made the most sense to me. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense to put it where somebody's face would be sitting because that's what you're going to hear. You could put it right up against the 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 speaker grill or the the speaker grill the the exit uh, grill of the like fan and be exhaust. like, "Well, I <laughs> thank you. Yes, that's the word. Uh, I right. could not think of that word. Uh, you could put it right up there and be like, "Oh, yep, I can hear the fan. But if I can't hear the fan when it's <laughs> here, who right. gives a damn? Anyway, right? <laughs> uh, so that's the Steam Deck OLED. I, I think Valve just knocked it out of the park. I, it's it's just I can't. It's got to be the best mid-gen refresh that anybody's ever done yeah oh switch oled was really good too but we couldn't like there's a lot of things hidden in there like the big kickstand for uh the switch yeah, OLED. Nice. although i guess they really set themselves up to just like literally doing anything would have been better than what <laughs> the original switch was, kickstand was right like yeah. every, uh i was actually invited to the switch launch event in new york uh and i went there Ooh. and um the guy showed me. He was like, "Oh, really happy about it." So he's like, "Check this out!" And he like rips off the kickstand, and I was like, "Oh!" And he's like, and he just puts it right back in. He's like, "You know, his kids might break it." And I'm like, "All right." <laughs> to be, then, to yeah. be fair, my I, I lost it now, but but oh, up until good. the time I lost it, yeah, that kickstand just kept plugging back in, like yeah. not a yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you 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 mess up a kickstand like this, like if if your kid yeah. opens it all the way and just keeps pushing. Like you're not fixing that. That's yeah, not a snap in right. thing. So Nintendo was onto something there. Um, but as an adult who isn't going to let kids play with my toys, like I'll get them their own damn toys. You know what I mean? Um, like when I got my Switch, my son was pretty young, and he only played the Switch when it was docked. And it wasn't until he yep. got his own Switch that he would be allowed to play it undocked because I didn't yep. want to messing up my stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that Nintendo put a little bit of thought into that kickstand, but these kickstands are yeah. so much better. I, I know that the deck doesn't need one, but I still kind of wish it had one built in. I, I, I don't think I'm ever really going to use it all that much, but still it'd be nice for it to be there. It might increase the cost. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I really quick. I said it might be just better just so that they have a place where they can put the micro SD card, but it's not going to snap off when you take off the back. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I have yet to actually make that mistake, and I've opened up my one. Steam Deck many times, but I've I have unscrewed the back many times and been starting to pry, and then realized, oh no, my SD <laughs> card's still in there, and then I pop it out and everything's okay, and I'm like, all right, dodge that bullet. I was good for <laughs> so that. Same area. I've actually opened it, I think, four times with the SD card in and not snapped it. And every time I was like, how did that happen? And I realized I think I'm just opening it from the top and like I'm peeling it from the top back. And so like it, it just avoids the part where oh. you're pulling it from the bottom. So I've just been lucky yeah. each time that I've done it that way. Very cool. Uh, let's Let's move on from the OLED deck and talk about something that i think i'm a lot less happy with 
Um, we have had a, oh, a, a long-running yeah. discussion in uh, in our in our private this Discord. This is going to be great. It is. It is. Uh, where Carrie has been nonstop saying the PS Portal is going to be a hot pile of garbage, and I was like, yeah. "Well, maybe," but I I think it could be good. Um, and I've been, I mine is a hot pile of garbage right now and i'll explain why in a little bit so stick around for that but i i would also posit that carrie you had you i don't i don't i think that this thing could have landed you on the moon and you would have said it was a pile of garbage <laughs> yeah yeah okay all right well there 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 you go he's being completely honest rich you are <laughs> muted my friend i said we learned that carrie's an xbot that's what we learned this week yeah <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I have no problem admitting when Xbox did something wrong. When they made the 2013 yeah, yeah, yeah. Xbone, that was oh my a, God. A, just a giant piece of crap. It was like probably the closest thing, even better. They did an even better job at creating a PlayStation 3 than Sony did. I had to just jab Sony in there really. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like, I mean, it, uh, they lost everything there. Like, they, they lost every last bit of momentum that they had gained on a 360 because every corporate person was like oh we have something cool let's let's glob onto this and just do whatever we can to just railroad this into the ground um mm -hmm. i it's so amazing to me that i was i was so hardcore into 360 i got like most of my achievements and then like you see me just stop in 2010 and i didn't play xbox again until like game pass came out and that's mm -hmm. literally game pass is the only reason i'm actually playing on xbox at all anymore if they didn't have game pass i'd just be on pc only um mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. The PS Portal is just—I I don't know what the hell they were thinking. It's—it it looks gross. It's—it's it's, uh, the sloppiest design that Sony has ever done. When that's their, what they're known for, right? Sony is, if anything, I could easily admit, anytime that they do industrial design, those things look sick. Like you look at like the Sony Vio PCs. A lot of them had their own very distinct Sony design. Their industrial design is always real nice. How they made their TVs uh, back in the day—you—it was. When you got Sony, it, brand recognition went a long way with Sony. And you look at the PS Portal, and it's like, who did did someone just <laughs> did someone just like send this as a joke? And like everyone like, oh no, they ran with it. Like I can't believe they did. I was it was just an idea. It was just a concept. I wasn't saying do that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just it looks dumb. Uh, what it does is not. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I can go on to this length, but uh, if if it's cheaper, if it's a hundred dollars, I would probably pick up one because then it's like, okay, well, it's only thirty dollars more than a controller. I guess that's that's worth it. But um, where it is right now, uh, it, as an accessory for the PlayStation, um, it, for if everyone is like having a good time with it, I'm, I'm glad you're having a good time with it. But forty four percent, it could do. Uh, it just stops there all the time. Every time, sorry, I don't want to uh, distract oh, from what your your point, my, but my, my I was landing. turning it on, and I'm going to leave it on for the rest of the damn show, and you're going to see <laughs> that install will never ever get past forty four percent. Also, for the rest of the show, see how long it takes for um, Sony consumer support to get back to you. Yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> in, a, in a minute too. Uh, so, Carrie, you 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 use this word that I think Russ was ready to respond to. You said accessory. And uh, Russ, can you jump in yep. there? What, like, because you you responded to that word essentially in our Discord. Yeah. 
So I have it, you know, and uh, it is 100 percent an accessory to me. It's not a handheld. Uh, and it's funny because when you I don't know, for me, it's an expensive accessory. Obviously, mm -hmm. uh, 200 bucks is a lot of money. Uh, and I bought mine myself and uh, I honestly planned on, you know, using it and then probably returning it. But I'm going to keep it. And um, yeah, there's a there's a couple interesting things for it. Number one, I think the biggest thing about it is that it has like this Sony uh, way of like kind of infiltrating our consciousness. So I hang out with a group of friends, you know, and it's like husbands and wives or whatever. And the husbands, they're all like kind of gamers, like they have Playstations or Xboxes. But anytime I bring up anything about a Steam Deck or a handheld, eyes just glaze over. Like, they're just like, we don't know what you're talking about, right? This doesn't say Nintendo or Sony or whatever. Yep. But three of them asked me over the past few days about the PlayStation thing. Hey, what's this PlayStation thing? Mm -hmm. And like, how can I use that and stuff like that? And so it's breaking into that kind of consciousness, which I think is pretty cool. It's probably yep. because it's showing up on their PS5 home screen or whatever. But all the same, like, that's a big deal for me in the fact that it's Hey, look at that. Oh, something That's, went wrong. I'm just going to, yeah, something went wrong. This is the first time like, that it said that. Progress? That's yeah. progress. I'm going to hit reset. Go ahead. Keep, <laughs> keep talking, Russ. So, so I am excited about this idea that uh, it is actually got a viable use case for some people, or at least some interest in people who like the Steam Deck isn't even a consideration. And so that's kind of neat. Uh, and for me, you know, it's, uh, I've been using it in two different ways. One, I'll use it at home and I'm not here at home. Obviously I'm at the studio and at home it's fine. You know, I can play it in bed and that's been pretty great. And, uh, honestly, I had forgotten about when Bill, you were asking what games you've been playing. I've been playing a lot of horizons, uh, forbidden West. And then I've been replaying Bioshock on it just to really test like first person shooter kind of, you know, latency and stuff. Been fine in bed. And that's the other thing about it. It's so lightweight that it actually, like, I don't mind playing. I don't like playing it's Steam so Deck in light. bed. But this, I can play in bed. And that's yeah. pretty awesome. And then, uh, and then I take it here to the studio, obviously, like right now. And I can log in to my PS5 at home, which is, you know, a 10-minute drive away. And I can play Bioshock on here uh, with minimal latency. I can definitely feel that it's, like, you know, streaming or whatever. But all the same, uh, it's pretty dang good. And that's pretty cool to be able to be like, yeah, I'm going to play my ps5 from 10 miles away you know like it's pretty cool that we yeah. have that option it's very 21st century yeah 44 back again to 44 Just back to 44 oh, percent uh anyway that was my rant yeah i like it uh, i like it can can i i've i've recorded my my video review just a voiceover so i want to give you guys my intro for this okay. for the ps portal so pizza was invented like over a thousand years ago even longer if we're talking like flatbread right Pizza yep. cutters weren't invented until 1708. We did not need pizza cutters. We already have things that do that job. We can buy a knife for cheaper. Pizza cutters only do one thing, and they're a hassle <laughs> to sharpen as they get dull. But I don't know anyone that has a pizza cutter who regrets that purchase. Like everyone that's a that $2 owns purchase, it. Rich. Not for everybody. <laughs> some, some get their uh organic uh like artisanal uh, pizza cutter uh, <laughs> we do have a fancy pizza cutter it's one of those that you like rock back oh the rocking oh, pizza cutter yeah, yeah that's, oh, that's, that's cool. actually better. Yeah. You know, yeah you know when i think I'm about sorry, this i interrupted your intro rich uh sorry <laughs> no you're good that was pretty much it right like yeah, my right. that's my deal right like is that it doesn't make sense but when you play it like it, the uncompromising controls and relatively uncompromising screen, like, yes, it's not OLED, it's limited to 60 hertz, it's not HDR, like, all those things. 
but it's relatively uncompromising because of the size. And then you have like just a, the lightweightness of it. It's long battery life. And there are so many, like I can spend an hour talking about the drawbacks, no Wi-Fi 6E. Uh, that's, the, that's a huge one right there, right? Um, mm -hmm. The audio, I won't even talk about the fact that there's no Bluetooth audio, uh, which mm. is just a shame considering the earbuds are $200. Uh, mm -hmm. But I am actually playing my PS5 backlog, which I was not doing for the last year and a half. And I'm doing it now. Um, you know, I actually can uh, slight Xbox here in the same uh, phrase, like as mm -hmm. I can for the PS Portal. Yeah. I, I, I consider the PS Portal to be the same as the Xbox Series Elite controllers. I, I don't own an Xbox Series Elite controller. I wouldn't. It's outrageously expensive. And on top of it, I hear that they're actually pretty bad. Like they're worse than the cheaper models. Like people have them breaking and, and whatnot. Uh, and then they came out the series, uh, the Elite Two one, and I don't even know what the. I don't. I'm not going to buy a two hundred dollar controller. Uh, I probably would. I think of them like similar in the similar scope. I would say in that particular arrangement, the PS Portal probably is over on the series controller because it's still just a controller. Um, but I don't. I don't. Yeah. Understand it. Still. Yeah. I, I just know. can't I, believe it doesn't work on the PS4. Like, why can't it work on the PS4? It's so dumb. Anyway. Sorry, Kyle. What were you saying, Kyle? Uh, I was going to say, uh, I would agree with Rich, uh, but I already have an OLED screen in my pocket. <laughs> and this is this is free, and I can do it anywhere, and I don't even need Wi-Fi to use it. And yep. I can stream my PS5 from the middle of my supermarket if I want to. Yep. So, like, yeah. yeah, it's just too expensive for what it gets you. And, like, right. I'm not going to carry that in a separate pouch or something to do that. That would have been like that would have been something that I would have been okay with. They Sony has Xperia, their Xperia division that makes phones. If this they is an a, Xperia, apparently. Have you seen that? Is that what it is? Sorry. That even infuriates me even more because if <laughs> if this could have just been a PlayStation phone, just make that. Just make it stream PlayStation stuff on a phone. At least that would have LTE and you can replace your phone with it and have yeah. this slide out like the Xperia Play when they sent that out to die. That was a fantastic idea that they were just like, no, 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 no. We're not. <laughs> no side talking. We're back here. to side talking. No, no, no. Let's not. Let's, this has been something that I've been fighting for forever. We're not going to do that here. A, a real gaming phone needs to exist at some point. I'm going to will it into existence somehow. Uh, if I don't. Uh, yeah. So like if that's an Xperia thing, that's like a, I don't know. It, they should just, if it was a, a PlayStation phone, I'd, I'd be fine if it was $800. I'd be fine with it was $1,000 because then that's what phones cost. And it also yep. would be a thing that can connect to your PlayStation. I, yep. You would see me, I would be rooting for that device from Sony if they made that as opposed to what they did here. Yeah, I think. Well, um, I mean, Kyle, I mean, go ahead, Kyle. Uh, to argue with Bill holding that up to his face, um, <laughs> folding screens exist now. Yeah. <laughs> So they That's could true. just have a candy bar screen with a clip-on attachment or something. And I, I agree fully with Carrie. I think an Xperia phone would have been the right move, but this is just too little for too much. Yeah, so I, I, then, I think it goes go back to it goes back to Rich's pizza cutter analogy, right? Kyle's arguing for a knife. And exactly. that's perfectly fine. I think that yep. you can use a knife to cut pizza, right? A thousand percent. Um, but there is something that's really fitting about this. So yeah, I, I do I do really enjoy a it. A dull pizza cutter that's very expensive. Yeah. What is your pizza cutter? But what is your pizza cutter, Russ, but a gigantic knife? 
Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. We use it for more than pizza, too. Yeah. So. But yeah, yeah I mean, Bill, you... Bill's showing the difference, right? Like it's a, yeah. what, nine inch? Nine, 9.4 or nine? Eight. Yeah, I think it's eight. I'm not it's sure. It, it's, yeah. uh, it's a big screen compared to my phone, and I got a big ass phone, you know? Right. Like my phone is a big phone. It's the iPhone 15 Pro Max or whatever Disney. you want to call it. Um, like it's the, it's a big phone. This is a much bigger screen than that. And yeah, I'm, you know, I probably is not going to take this with me when I go places anyway. Well, it's yeah, probably just going to sit here at the house, but I can play <laughs> anywhere I want in the house on, on my, um, on, on my PlayStation portal. Um, if I could get it to actually install the, the software update, which I'll talk about in a second. Like I could do that anywhere in my house if I want. Could I do that on my iPad with like a controller? Well, yeah, but then I got a carrier on my iPad and I got to set it in like a thing to hold it up. Right. And then I got to pair my controller to it. And it, like, this is, this is just more convenient. And I think that that, uh, and I can totally understand why somebody would look at this and say, well, I don't have a use for that. I can totally Absolutely. get that a hundred percent. But I think that people who don't have a use for it could also look at it and say, I can understand why somebody else might actually want to use that. Um, I really wanted to use this. So I'm going to tell everybody <laughs> about my issue. So uh, like it sat on the floor in here for days because I was sick and I was just in bed sleeping. And finally, yesterday, I was like, all right, let's let's shoot that video. I'm feeling OK. So I opened it up. I did the whole unboxing thing. I uh, turned it on. It was like ready to update. I was like, all right, let's update. It gets to, it downloads the software. It updates, gets to 44%. And then it just sits there and does nothing. And so I've rebooted it a thousand times. I, <laughs> I, I, and it just keeps getting back to 44%. Last night, my wife and I went to bed. I left it in here installing. 44%. When I woke up in the morning, 44%. It cannot get past that number. I tried getting a hold of Sony's stupid, like, helpline. Um, so there's there's no voice helpline on the weekends, which, you know, that's fine, whatever. But I went on the stupid robot chat line, right? And I'm like, hey, there, robot chat person, connect me to a person. They're like, sure, we'll connect you to a person. I sat in line. I was like 300 people ahead of me. I sat there for, I'm going to say like 45 minutes, got to zero. I was, I was next. I was, do you guys know how good it feels to be next? <laughs> I was next. And then it closed and it said no response. And I was like, whoa. So then I did it again, got all the way down to zero. I tell the person, they're like, hey, I would love to help you. What's, what's your issue today? I can't get past 44%. Oh, that's something I can't help you with. Goodbye. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, you you don't have, like, a script that you could go through and be like, well, if you hold down these six buttons and then press the power button, it in, goes into a safe mode or something. Nothing. And I couldn't yeah. find anything about safe mode or anything in the documentation or whatever. Um, somebody on Reddit suggested holding down power and plus at the same time. Nothing. It just boots yeah, into the yeah. regular thing over and over and over. I, I was the, I'm the use case for this. I think that this thing is super cool, but I can't even try it. And it's driving me crazy. So 
Russ, you said that you liked it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you would you recommend it? I don't know yet. I'm still debating whether or not even to make a video about it. Uh, it I recommend it for my use case. I mean, here like, here's the best example I can give. You know the backbone controller that you put on your phone or whatever? They made mm -hmm. a PlayStation one. Yep. And I bought it day one. It was available. And I unboxed it yesterday after owning it for a year. Because I was like, oh, I better pull this thing out so I can do a comparison with it. right? Mm -hmm. Because it never got to that point where I actually was going to use it. Meanwhile, with the PS Portal, I've been using it every day. And yep. so I can't. I can't say, oh, yes, you need to spend $200 in order to be able to play remote PS5, but I will say that it cost $200 for me to get to the point where PS5, like remote play, was good enough that I actually wanted to do it. And so, yeah, I recommend it for a version of myself, but not really for everybody. Rich? Almost exactly what Russ said. I, before I give my final verdict, I want to go back to something that Russ said really quickly, which is that you can always tell that you're playing streaming. Right. And so like they, it never gets to the point where like the seams are gone and it mm -hmm. feels like you're playing native. And that was one of the I gave a bunch of criticisms in my review and that was one of them. Right. Which is that the Wii U has solved this problem where at least within a given range, you can have basically seamless remote play. You mm -hmm. can stream. You're essentially streaming from a console to a handheld screen and you never really feel like it's streaming. Um, so I wish that Sony had been more ambitious and that's something that's just going to, the more you talk about the PS portal, the more you see where they could have been more ambitious, like the Wi-Fi, like I mentioned, the Bluetooth, they could have been a lot more ambitious here. Uh, but for the, if you're a person who has a PlayStation 5, you have PlayStation games, and they're just kind of lingering for some reason, that's who I'm giving the thumbs up to. If you're someone that's, you know, getting through your PS5 backlog just fine, then there's nothing there's nothing to really think about here. But I'm someone that I, I haven't finished Demon Souls, God of War Ragnarok, Spider-Man 2. Like, I have a PS5 backlog, and I'm starting to actually play it now. And for that reason, like that $200 is worth it to me. Um, the Pulse earbuds, not worth it to me. I, I'll just throw that out there. Another $200, not worth it. Really good audio, really, really good audio. But the fact that it's proprietary wireless just means that you don't get features like being able to pause. You can't, <laughs> you can't actually, like you can't have a companion app where you can set an equalizer and do stuff like that. So yeah. Wait, you can't, like, if you're listening, because I know that they connect to your phone at the same time, or they have the ability to. They you have can't the ability pause. to. pause? You can't just reach up and, and like, pause without touching nope. your phone? Nope. Oh, that's lame. And, you like, you take off your earbud, it doesn't automatically pause. Oh, my gosh. That's very 2018. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I do I feel kind of spoiled thinking. complaining about that, but, but, but that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For $200, that's terrible. I don't care how good the audio quality is. Like, these are, there's no active noise canceling, right? Like, these are features that you get in a $200 pair of earbuds. So, I don't know what they were thinking. Wow. No ANC either. Okay. Yikes. All right. So, Carrie and Kyle, they're in the no camp. Russ and Rich, they're in the maybe camp. I am in the 44% camp, just waiting. So we'll find <laughs> out uh, maybe someday. Kerry, you look like you got something to say, my friend. Uh, yeah, so when uh, Russ and Rich were uh, talking about it, I was like, you know what? Maybe I would give it a chance. I was like, wait a minute. 
you know what? I have a Steam Deck OLED. Let me just install Chaikai and then I'll, I'll, I'll be able to do it there. And I'll have an OLED screen and also a Steam Deck. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, like I've seen Bob, Bob Wolf made a video where he's talking about trying to get Chaikai or whatever the heck it's called to work. Chiaki. And he's like, Chiaki, 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 yeah. yeah. Where he said, like, it's a huge pain in the rear in order to get that stuff working. Like, you gotta go to some website and get your code and stuff. I don't want to yeah. do stuff, man. You need your PSN ID. I just want to yeah. turn stuff on and have it just go, just I, which run. clearly not happening now. But <laughs> you know, if there's something wrong with my unit, you make uh, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of things. Some of them are going to be stinkers. Maybe I just got a stinker, but I just want something that I can just turn on and go. I don't want to have to do stuff this whole I'm thing lazy. is just a, a fever dream for you bill you're still sick uh this whole thing uh, <laughs> you're actually going to start seeing when that 44 percent is going it's just giving my face that is going through the progress bar. <laughs> that's great that's awesome all right uh i guess let's move on to the game awards and uh rich i know that you had something that you wanted to say uh, about the game awards before we actually yeah. get into the discussion yeah, and I haven't fully formed it. It's just this like I have a rant, but it's not it's not fully formed in my head. I think that there are a few things going on. Number one is that this year everyone has acknowledged that this year has been amazing for video games. Like as good as, you know, 98 and some of the other banner years for video games. As good as the years it's been for video games, it's been an absolutely tremendously bad year for the video games industry with layoffs and mm -hmm. all this sort of stuff. And so it's hard for me to reconcile that with the game awards for a few reasons. Like part of that is like, I don't, what I've seen of Jeff Keighley and maybe this is unfair, but what I've seen of Jeff Keighley in previous game awards tells me that this will not be addressed in the game awards at all. Like the, the fact that it's been a rough year and I hope to be proven wrong. And if I'm proven wrong, I'm going to come on here and, you know, give him his kudos. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that's just, it's just not going to come up in the game awards and that feels wrong to me. Likewise, I think that like these awards should go to, you know, the develop, like a, a movie is made, right. And when the movie's done, the project, the, the team breaks up. So this happens already in movies, but mm -hmm. those people that made the movie are still receiving the award. And I feel like, although there are people that made the game come up on stage and receive the award, I feel like it's more like the company is receiving the award and there's a disconnect there for me personally. I know that that's not something that's going to resonate with a lot of people. I, I resonate a lot with game developers for one reason or another. Um, so I, there's something there that I feel like we're having this huge celebration and I do want to have that huge celebration, but I want to celebrate the people behind those games too. Right. The artists. Yeah, yeah exactly. You make a really good point. And, and I think that there's one thing that makes it easy for, for your point to resonate with people. And that's the, um, you know, the fact that uh, destiny Two laid off their community, the, like most of their community support stuff. And then they got nominated and, and I'm sure yeah. that this nomination came through before that announcement happened you know um and then they announced the uh, the nominations after it right but it was nominated for best community support or whatever and yeah. i guess last year it won and i don't know if any of this is true but i guess the 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 community's team at destiny like they won last year and then 
dudes from Destiny went up on stage and collected it while then they got chastised for the like the community support team got chastised for celebrating that they won or something which That's is just insane. crazy and then this year yeah. they get laid off only to get the award nominated again yeah. i think that perfectly almost personifies exactly what you're talking about rich yeah 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 and so that that that's my big hang up and you know i i do get excited for like the announcements and things like that but at the same time the game awards has mostly been a in my eyes a business show um right and so it's hard for me to reconcile those two things you know yeah you know it's, it's got to be a difficult thing for jeff keely to kind of uh participate into because he's got to be neutral in that position however i think that he should be 100 percent okay if someone wins an award and just like actors in the oscars would be like hey you know sag after a strike or whatever i stand with these people and um he's got to let whoever wins an award to be able to say their piece without ushering them off the stage and stuff and i think that's going to be how he could probably allow that thing to happen so that it could be addressed, especially because yeah. I know I, th I have a feeling that I think all of us here, right? Like we all like video games and we respect video games. And Jeff Keighley has been trying to make something akin to the Oscars for video games. And there's been like the first few, like there's been some where, where it's like, it goes into like sophomoric type of oh, yeah. video game resp uh, representation. Of what, man. Yeah. Like of what people always like, like eighties and nineties would always like, yeah. you know, uh, align with how they saw people that play video games but we you know you always get that sense that jeff Kelly wants to take it to a respectable level um mm -hmm. so I, I i i get what you're saying and i hope that someone is given a chance to to speak and they don't usher him off and things can be addressed because there are some it's been brutal this year has been brutal with, with layoffs not just in the gaming industry but also like the whole tech sector uh it's been absolutely yeah it's been brutal um so there's there's a lot to just just talk about in general there um but yeah it's that's it is ironic i saw a tweet when you mentioned it bill that someone that was a previous community support person just was like ha 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 in a repost of that because they've been you know let go <laughs> um mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's um it's weird it's weird when you think about it right because like it seems like this has been a long time in the in the buffer right so it's like, okay, this has been preordained for a long time this year. But then you take a look at the TGAs, like the Game of the Year Awards. And, you know, the only thing I could do is like Super Mario wonder why that is even on there. Because it's, it's like the game just nice. came out. Uh, how could it be so quickly on there if all these other things have been like in the back burner for so long? Um, that's like kind of curious is like to what degree, how quickly can they move around and shuffle these things around? Right. Yeah. And it's, I have the same feeling with Alan Wake too, as well. Like, I feel like the public hasn't had enough time to really understand that game. I don't know if any of us have played Alan Wake too. And uh, I don't know, I'm not saying that it's better or worse than like Diablo 4, but it feels like, uh, you know, if Diablo 4 had just come out, it would probably be on this list. That's kind of the feeling I get when I see Alan Wake too. Right. Yeah. Because people need time to kind of percolate and those two games really haven't had it now super mario wonder is a game like i just think is probably fully complete and mastered already and so that one i can see it more than alan wake 2 but i don't know not feeling it yeah it's it's it i mean i don't even know like so like this is also we were talking on the pre-show i don't think starfield should be in that list i'm like wholly like 100 percent okay with that after playing that a little bit longer it's doesn't belong there 
But then you look at some like other like other games that have come out this like Diablo Four. I think probably would have been like a little bit more deserving than uh, you know Resident Evil. Uh, there's just some things. There's a bunch of games that came out. Also, like Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush was an excellent game that came out of nowhere, and that was earlier on in the year. Like I don't know. There's like some. I, Hi-Fi Rush doesn't belong on there either. I think that's a really good game, but that doesn't belong on there. I was going to say, it was nominated for other awards. Yeah, Hi-Fi but, Rush was. I mean, I I feel like Hi-Fi Rush is a good game, but I feel like Hi-Fi Rush is a good game insofar as Super Mario Wonder is a good game. Um, I don't think that it's transcendental or like taking it to the next level. It's just a really good game. Um, and you like For, for me, I think like BG, uh, Bulls Gate 3 is going to sweep. Like that's to my core. I feel like BGS3 is just going to sweep just because I've mm-hmm. seen some stuff in there and I played the early access of it like a year or so ago. And there's a parts there that I just feel like I'm glad that a, a CRPG has been given the spotlight and they did, they did it justice and they did a lot of stuff there that was right. And for me, I feel like that that has a good place there. And to my core, I think that's going to sweep. But there's some like things that are there that I'm just like, man, there's like a lot of games that came out this year out of nowhere. Like, so, no, yeah, I don't think anyone yeah. thought that 2023 was going to be as good as it was. Yeah, I think we all knew, it was, like you said, there were some things leading up to this where we knew it was going to be good, but this good because we certainly didn't see Baldur's Gate 3 coming to this to this right. regard, to this degree. So there's things like that. Um, I will say like, I, I do want to be careful around like the like snub discussion just because it goes back to, I, so I, I'm, I have in this video that I'm working on in my head. I haven't started any actual work on it where I just want to go over the like best 50 games on the steam deck of the year, because literally there have been that many great games on the steam deck, just oh, yeah. the steam deck right? mm-hmm. like, that you could play um, <laughs> this year. And so like things are going to get snubbed quote unquote snub. So I really like, I don't, I don't care honestly that like some things got left off the list because you're not going to please everyone, including me. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's a bigger highlighting thing that we should point to and something that I originally started with my YouTube channel. Like when I was like, okay, I'm going to make a YouTube channel, like where I'm not just going to be like goofing around. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like really look at indie games. Cause I love indie games mm-hmm. and indie Who games to this day are um, still, uh, you know, not not given the respect that they deserve. They're, like the mainstream audience still only cares about the big budget stuff. And a lot of people have a problem with the Dave the Diver thing uh, being in the indie category. And it's like, it, there's like this weird thing that's still today that there's a lot of people that just don't, you know, uh, what is it? They uh, game, uh, game Pass fodder, Game Pass trash. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's just Game Pass trash. And it's like, you should play some of these games because they're really good they're picking really good indie games that you wouldn't have given the time of day previously um well it's like it's like two different schools right because there's that but then there's also people that just don't care they don't think about it that way and you get things like minecraft right like the minecraft was indie and yep. like people and it became the most popular game and there's other stuff like that where just people don't really like PUBG. people don't really think about it like that they just played what was fun um and right. yeah, the indie thing is is interesting too with Dave the Diver. Are you Fox? Because I know you were on NeoGaf as much as I was, probably more so. Are you? I, I was in those like indie threads that, uh, mm-hmm. if you remember, Toma yeah. Toma ran. Yeah. So like the big rule in those threads is that it was basically the duck rule, right? Like it didn't matter who the publisher was or anything like that. It was just like if it sounds like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks right. like a duck, it's a duck, right? So like we didn't really care that much about building a definition definition yeah Yeah. around indie it was just like it feels indie that's good enough that's good enough for this thread and i definitely subscribe to that school of thought 
yeah, I mean, uh, there's the, I'm also fine with that is as long as a team is allowed to uh, take a gamble on a conceptual idea for a game. And I Agreed. think Game Pass has been some of like the like you look at uh, uh, Pentiment as a game that no publisher would have greenlit ever. Um, Papers, please. Um, you look at a lot of indie games that are made by actual independent people, but also bigger publishers that are taking uh, bigger gambles on stuff. So Nexon doing Dave the Diver, I think is awesome because that's still like a very indie looking game. And it's conceptually something that is outside the wheelhouse of other stuff is something that I think ultimately like we all want. We don't want another like Assassin's Creed. We don't want another Call of Duty. And I, you know, they're going to do it because that's where they make their money. But at some point, you know, you, there's like, it's, there's a bigger discussion here about like what's going on with like the movie industry and how everything's coming. And, and uh, the, the biggest problem that we all have now is not money. It's how much available time anyone has. And that's like the biggest problem that we all have collectively is that there's just not enough time for how much content there is. And that's across the board on YouTube, uh, just consuming people's time so that uh, like movies like the Marvels just came out and it's getting wrecked. And a lot of other movie studios are getting wrecked because they don't want to take like the chances like they did in the 80s and 90s when that was like the golden age of like cinema for a lot of like, you know, there's just a lot of bangers that came out there. So there's just a lot of things that are overlapping things that you want people I think collectively everyone was like, you know, I would like something other than this. But truthfully, the public doesn't. They just want to get the same thing repackaged, served in front of them new. Um, and the indie part of the thing, along with what you're saying, uh, which is that, um, yeah, conceptually, it just needs to be out there. And just even if it's it has a bigger budget, cool. Take something and run with it and, and do as much as you can with it. And, and as long as we get a new experience, something different, um, I'm always going to be rooting for Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think my awesome. main problem and something that could um could resolve it is the the curation. I don't know who chooses what games to be on the the best game of the year, but like I mean I was surprised to see Resident Evil over like Hogwarts Legacy or something that came out this year. And like right. that brings up maybe a political thing or something, but if that's the case, then why isn't it crowdsourced from the beginning, right? Instead, why is it just this curated list of six games? And I think that having public curation would actually uh, resolve the whole issue with indies being perceived in different ways by different people. Because if I don't know, man, I don't dis- come up Sorry. with like Dave the Diver is an indie game, then it's an indie game because that's what the public perceives it as, right? Hmm. I th- I only think that it works if you can control how people are recommending because you know exactly what would happen is you'd get you, you you get these things where somebody doesn't somebody doesn't like something about a video game whether the game's good or not and what do they do they review bomb it so yeah you know that's especially same the exact thing industry. what's yeah. that russ i was gonna say especially in the video game world yes there are so many people more apt to do that and i mean i can only imagine there'll be a movment to be like let's make Gollum the game of the year Right, right, and all these trolls are going to it, and all of a sudden it's going to be in the top six. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it happens with movies too. Yeah, like that. I That's mean, true. box office bombs and everything. Like Morbius became a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it's not a, <laughs> it, it's not unique to games. It's just art as a medium is sus- like susceptible to that. I yeah. don't think that people's voices should be suppressed because of that possibility. I, I think, sure. I think something like that is similar to like a billboards, right? Like billboards is basically. I know it's not movies, it's music, but like that is like popular opinion. 
Um, so I think right. there's a there could be a place for that. Uh, but I, I, I do value curation personally. Yeah, I think ultimately, again, like we can kind of go back to what we talked about earlier with where Jeff Keighley really wants to make the Game Awards the Oscars of video games. And he's following the same blueprint that the Oscars is following uh, is ultimately like what the problem is. But I, I would tend to agree with what like Kyle is saying is like, I think that there is a method of somewhere or even like how, you know, Valve always participates in it uh, as well. And there's that community uh, part of that that always kind of highlights. And I've never found myself not aligned with what was chosen i think that they've done always done a good job but then again steam also just like is like game you that you would love but you suck at and it's like that's a weird <laughs> award to, to give to something but i get where you're going with that but it's not like you know it they they do like these like kind of comical themes of awards mm -hmm. where it's um the these almost are like participation awards that are, are given out in, in that respect. So um, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. I think that it would be nice, but I don't know if it'll uh, occur. One more yeah. thing. I'm hearing a lot of hate for RE4 on this podcast and I will not accept it. I love that game, but I don't think it should be game of the, the year. game in 2007. Okay. Yeah. It still is it's an still, amazing game. It's still really good. Yeah. I mean, and, if it is a remake. good game, but it's, it's not the, it's not a new game. Yeah, I agree with that, Kyle. Yeah, it's the same exact game, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's occupying a space in that Game of the Year award spot yeah. where it, literally there's like other games that could be a fit. In it. Like, I am not a big Final Fantasy person, but if it was up there, I'd be like, ah, all right. But like, I, you know, whatever. I don't think that Final Fantasy 16 myself, I haven't played it. I don't think it belongs on there just because of my conception of what a Final Fantasy game is. And I, I know that uh, Kyle's played it and he's he's enjoyed it. I don't know if it belongs on there, but it's like along along those lines. Like I know a lot of people liked Hogwarts uh, Legacy, that would have been up there. Like it's just I feel like it's occupying a space, and it's. Uh, I mean, it just... even if we look at public opinion, right? Like Metacritic. Well, I guess that's not public opinion, but I wonder if we look at Open Critic or or you know the user scores. Excuse me, if what what that would look like. But certainly, you look at Metacritic and Resident Evil Four scored a lot higher than Hogwarts. So it's 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 just so impossible to like to right. do. You this, can't I please think. everybody. Yeah, but yeah. I, I would also say like Resident Evil Four is like one of my it's my favorite Resident Evil game of all time. The the new one I never played the old one. I had a blast with it. To me, it was a new game. I don't think it should be on here. I think that they should have a remakes category that that uh, remakes right. a, re, a remasters yes. category a remakes category and do it that way. Um. Baldur's Gate, fair, 3, Baldur's Gate Naughty 3 is, a, is absolutely really amazing. It's fantastic, <laughs> but it was in early access for a long time. I played that game two years ago. Like, hmm. should that be on there? It's an amazing game, no doubt. It's the best game that I... It might be the best game that I played this year. I'm having trouble between that and Zelda. But people played it a couple years ago. So does that belong yeah. in there? It's just really weird. At the end of the day, I don't care who wins what. I really don't. I watch the Game Awards for the new announcements and stuff. We do have to speak I think about that uh, any of them... Tears of the Kingdom. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Russ. I was just going to say, I think any game can be Game of the Year. Remake, remaster, any of that stuff okay. is the experience right then and there, whether or not you know it was in early access or whatever. I mean, so like Dune was an amazing movie. The, the first one that came out a couple years ago, you know, 
And that's just the same story as, you know, the book and the movie before the David Lynch one and stuff. But uh, that's an Oscar worthy film to me. You know, it's, it's the experience right then and there of that moment. And so if they're telling the story again or they're going through the experience again. It's all good. It's what it is this year and whether or not that's good. That's Russ, the way you I convinced me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I it's it's hard. Like I mean, but it ultimately I, I have to agree with Kyle here. I don't. I think it's just yeah, occupying but... a space. Russ radicalized me more, um, <laughs> <laughs> because now I'm going to argue that a box set, something being released onto a DVD, now qualifies it as a new movie. Oh. Well, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. Is that a lot of this? <laughs> a lot of this is going to boil down to where you draw the line, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, the indie uh, discussion, right? So we're just just different lines too, of the same, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. That's it. So like <laughs> right. Metro, the spectrum goes Metroid Prime remastered. No, it goes. I'm sorry, it goes Last of Us Two, <laughs> Metroid, <laughs> Metroid Prime remastered. I think Resident Evil Four falls sort of in the middle, uh, and then there like it, Demon Souls. Is that where do we put Demon Souls? Yeah. I th throw them all in there because it's very obvious that Metroid Prime Remastered is not a game of the year. It's just a reskin and like a little bit, couple extra See, things. That's the so thing. for me, it's not it. That's the that's that's where I land. Right? Is that like Metroid Prime Remastered for me doesn't even it doesn't even come to my mind as a game of the year candidate. Resident Evil right. Four for me personally does it does fall into right. game of the year candidate. Sorry, yeah. I might so have it's some letting the cream answer. rise to the top. So it's exactly that. So yeah, I, I agree with all that. Throw yeah. them all in the mix, and then we say, what is the best gaming experience of twenty twenty three? And that's where we're going to end it. What is the best gaming experience of twenty twenty three? Let us know in those comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe to the audio podcast as well. And if you're listening to this in your favorite podcast player, do us a favor and rate the show five stars or thumbs up or whatever it is that they call it. Um, just before we get out of here, everybody's going to tell you what videos that, uh, that they, uh, uh, have coming out. And I just wanted to point out, I'm still at 44% <laughs> on my PS portal or my, uh, pizza cutter, as I will call it from now on. Carrie, what's your next video, man? Uh, you know, I think I might take, make, might do an easy one. I'm going to probably just do like a, a holiday buying guide, 2023 of the best PC gaming handhelds and just go over those, uh, briefly. Nice. It's kind of just. I mean, it's going to be like, you know, just qualify as much as I possibly can. Uh, and that is the same video that I'm making as well. It's a holiday buying guide for, for gamers. Russ, what about you? Uh, so I recently reached 400,000 subscribers Ooh. on the channel. So I asked Congrats. a lot. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And wow. uh, so it was pretty cool. I'm very bad at um, celebrating accomplishments. So I asked people to give me questions. So I'm going to turn that into like a Q&A video. So I'm <laughs> going to record that just as soon as we're done here. That's cool beans. What about you, Kyle? Um, I have a uh, like a studio tour combined with a PC build oh, uh, kind of thing going on coming up here uh, probably in the next week or so. So cool. Yeah, it's it'll be it's a little more impromptu than my usual content, but it, it <laughs> shows off everything in my computer and everything. And uh, that's going to get interrupted when your uh, when your Steam Deck limited edition shows up. Uh, 100%. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we'd even talk about that. We'll have to talk about that once you guys got hands on with them. Rich, what's your next video, man? 
So this week is a busy week. Um, I finished my news video for this week, so that's coming out tomorrow. I finally finished a Lenovo Legion starter guide. It's probably too late to actually release that, but it's coming anyway. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just stuff I wanted to talk about, some good tweaks and stuff like that. So that's coming out hopefully on Tuesday. And the PS Portal review coming hopefully this week as well. It's going to be maybe... 44%, right? That's Maybe. right. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Nobody's going to click on 44%, but uh, you make sure you leave something in there to the 44. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for watching the show and hanging out with us. Uh, make sure that you check out all of these guys' channels. I'm going to link them in the description down below. And uh, from the Nerd Nest, stay rad, everybody. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.